0: Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba. Shalom and welcome to Unstoppable Faith. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Kazumba Charles. We are so glad once again you are joining us from around the world. You may be in your car listening right now on uh, Faith FM radio. God bless you and those who are watching us in Africa and those who are watching us in Canada and the United States through the KITV platforms. May the Lord bless you. On today's program, we have a very special uh, uh, program. Uh, we're going to be looking Looking at uh, grace courage and strength you see in this life we all walk through loss heartache and disappointments but we don't do it alone God is with us every step of the way just as he was with the men and women of ancient times whose lives struggles trials and triumphs are recorded in Scripture In today's broadcast, I want us to focus on women of ancient times whose lives, struggles, trials, and triumphs are recorded in Scripture. Women such as Miriam, Deborah, Ruth, Anna, Abigail, just to name a few. To help us with this topic, I have a great Bible researcher, scholar, Jill Smith, author of She Walked Before Us stay tuned and we will be right back with my guest
1: when sometimes women are overlooked in history the bible never overlooks them they're central to the message of the gospel and to the work of the church there's more hope in this book than any modern book i've read about women these are our stories. They're women who felt exactly what we feel, who had the same kind of relational drama that we have, who had the same angst and the same unmet dreams that we have. So when you see how they are transformed through their relationship with Jesus, their encounters with God, it, it changes me. It's like, wow, these are, these are my friends. This is a sisterhood.
0: Nothing is going to be greater for life transformation than the pages of Scripture. And so as we go and take a look at the lives of women, our lives are changed. My hope and my prayer is that our eyes are opened, our ears are opened, our hearts are opened, our minds are opened, so that God can speak to us directly through the lives of these women and who He's calling us to be even today.
1: I think when you start looking at women in the Bible, you see that God used them to save nations to save enormous populations. God placed them at the arrival of Christ. They were the first ones at the resurrection of Christ. They were the first evangelists. They were crucial in building the church. We see through women in the Bible that we are not supposed to ride in the back seat, but we are supposed to ride in the front
0: seat. And it's encouragement to women everywhere to take their position and fulfill their calling in the kingdom of God. Welcome back. Welcome back. Just as I I promised, I have a... Bible scholar, powerful woman of God, Jill Smith. She is the best-selling and award-winning author of the biblical fiction series, The Wives of King David, Wives of the Patriots, and Daughters of the Promised Land, as well as The Heart of a King and Star of Pager, Esther's Story. Jill, she is also the author of the non-fiction books, When Life Doesn't Match Your Dreams. I like that. You need to get that book. And then she is also the author of uh, She Walked Before Us. A research into the lives of biblical women has taken her from the Bible to Israel. And she particularly enjoys learning how women lived in Old Testament times. Jill, she is on air with us. She lives with her family in Southeast Michigan. Jill, welcome on the program.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: I know it's a long, long introduction because of uh, the extensive work that you have done. It's an Mm -hmm. honor for me to have you on this program.
1: Thank you. It's an honor to be here.
0: So we're going to go right to it. As we talk as you walk us through uh, uh, grace uh, grace courage and strength which we're gonna take from your book she walked before us you share about the lives of 12 women from the Old mm-hmm. Testament what women do you cover and uh, let me go right ahead and say why did you pick those specific characters
1: the 12 I picked for this book are 12 different ones than that were in the first book I wrote, uh, a nonfiction, the When Life Doesn't Match Your Dreams, I touch on 12 different women. But these in this book are Miriam, Rahab, Deborah, Ruth, Naomi, Hannah, Peninnah, her sister wife, uh, McCall, Abigail, Ahinoam, Maaka, and Bathsheba and the last five of those were Wives of King David. Um, why did I pick them? Because they had already interested me and I'd written full-length novels on... Each one of those women are either in a novel or they have a named novel after them. Like Bathsheba and Michal and Abigail all have their own book, but the other two wives that are named in this book had were in those books. And uh, Hannah has her own book, A Passionate Hope, but Peninnah is also in her book. The only one that's not out yet is Miriam. Miriam's Song is the title. It comes out in March. And so I have explored them in depth, and I wanted to look at them a little differently and see um, not just the fiction that I added to enhance what the Bible said, not change it, but just help to understand, perhaps, and uh, give a how things might have happened. Uh, that's my goal when I write my novels to um, put you there so you can get an idea what their motivations might have been, or how the what the Bible says happened might have happened. Doesn't make my fiction true. it's just one way it that that could be, and so I always encourage readers to go back to the scripture and compare, because that's where you'll find the truth. But in this book, I wanted to give the reader what we truly know about those women from the scriptures. That's so good. Now, as, a, as an
0: award-winning novelist who has written several books based on uh, women of the Bible, you have done extensive research into the lives of each of the women covered in the book how do you do your research when you're looking at these uh, uh uh biblical uh historical figures
1: well i start with the bible i read whatever was there you know a, a lot of the a lot of women women in scripture have very little page time so you read what you can find on them in scripture And then I will also read about the men in their life. Um, For instance, um, Miriam, I might as well talk about her since she comes out next. She's very, very little on her. We know she watched Moses as a baby in a basket in the Nile River. We know she sang songs and was a worship leader and a leader of the people as they exodus from Egypt and we know she complained against her brother and got leprosy and that's about it. So how do we write a whole book on her? And I researched by studying first the people around her and that would be her brother Moses and her brother Aaron. They were the two and their families. They would have had the most um, given to us from God so that we could understand the family Moses came from and Miriam came from and, and they're all different characters They've got their own, just like the none. no two kids in the same family are the same child, even raised by the same parents. But um, it helped me to get a better feel for what she went through. Plus I also, I'll look through commentaries. I read everything I can find on uh, the life and times. Uh, I look at cultural atlases and try to like, I, I've studied ancient Egypt. Um, in the past through homeschooling and in another book I wrote, which was a novella um, on one of Solomon's wives, the Egyptian princess. So I was already really aware of Egypt's history, but I I looked trying to find, well, which, where could this, what time frame in Egypt might this have taken place? So there was a lot of historical um, looking up. Trying to fit Moses in the right place, and I'm sure I got it wrong because there's uh, and even if i didn't get it wrong there's debate because there's no set for sure time there's a, a the date of the exodus no one fully agrees on it there's dispute, so I picked what I thought worked best, and then um, i I just all my books I did extensive research for the wives of King David because that was my first Series, but then, after I was in two thousand b c no, he was a thousand b c The next set I had to move backward uh to two thousand b c for Abraham, and I was no longer in Canaan, I had to go to Mesopotamia, so then you're I was buying books on ancient Mesopotamia and the gods they believed in, and you you need to understand the culture and that 's what I do. I just try to immerse myself in their era. Um, And then we moved to Judges and and the Joshua era, and that's an even different time frame. But they start to all come together in a way that's similar because in scripture, um, all of the, ever since the garden and sin entered the world, people have worshiped anything but God. You know, they don't want God as their God. They don't want to have, they don't like his control over them so they pick something they can control and so that's what every era had in common but i'm also researching the character of each of these people and that that isn't as hard because nothing changes much with with history um people our, our sin nature doesn't go away. We're all broken or we all have flaws and we all want to be loved and we all need courage when we're afraid and we all need God, whether we know it or not. And so human nature doesn't change. And so that isn't as difficult when you're cre- creating a character because you can infuse what you know of people into the lives of the people that you're writing about because they're just they're similar they're gonna have i mean they're gonna see culturally differently but they're not going to not want or need the same things does that make sense <laughs>
0: awesome. does that make sense <laughs> yes yes that does if you're just joining us uh, you are watching unstoppable faith uh, and we are so glad you've joined us now uh, i have on uh, On this program right now, the privilege of of hosting uh, 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 Jill uh, Smith, the author of uh, She Walked Before Us. And we're looking at uh, grace, courage, and strength from 12 women of the Old Testament. Now, I want to ask you this question, Jill. We are dealing with a lot of uh, emotions right now. Uh, Heartaches and confusion due to the COVID-19. Is there a woman from the Old Testament who went through something similar or some trials, some strife that uh, we can learn from?
1: I thought about that question a lot um, because when my publicist asked it, I was like, well, they all did. I mean, in a sense, none of them did and they all did. No one had lived through a pandemic. None of them, but Miriam watched she lived through watching Egypt go through plagues, so that would be the closest thing to a pandemic. but they didn't last like this one. but all of them went through heartache and fear of the future, and they all had to deal with um, loss pain i just i mean our own human emotions, and this year i've seen more heartache from the results of the virus than the virus itself um in my you know sh- small little world it it's it's like we have to be careful not to fear the unknown because god is the one in control of it and he does not give us the spirit of fear and i think some people like the israelites when they left egypt they were afraid and Miriam, Moses, and Aaron were leaders that would have had to contend with that fear. And then they had the added fear of off the the right kind of fear of God because God tried to, well, he didn't try. He he can do what he wants, but he came down to meet with them. But he knew that he couldn't come too close. I think that's what I loved about that book because it taught me that God has always wanted to walk with us like he did in Eden. He wanted to tabernacle with them. That's why he created the tabernacle and told Moses how to build it. But he wanted to come down on the mountain and get as close as he could, but his own holiness couldn't get, couldn't let them get too close, or their sin, which they are born with. We are all sinners. And even the animals, which aren't sinners, but nothing could come that close to holiness without an advocate or God's holiness would have broken out against them and killed them. So he restrained his holiness, but he still longed for that closeness and relationship with them. And that
0: that is very key. He longed for that relationship with them. And the closer the presence of God was with them, they experience protection, they experience provision, and that is very key for us as well in this season that the more we'll stay closer to God, the more courageous we're going to be, the more we're going to feel the, you know, the protection and the presence of God. So that is uh, really mm-hmm. great. Now, let me go to this, Geo uh, here. Of the women covered in uh, She Walked Before Us, which one is your favorite and uh, <laughs> or as the most? we can learn from
1: oh i it's like asking me which kid i like best and i have three so (laughs) that's hard but i have to say that my first series the wives of king david were that those were the stories of my heart from for many years but after i started writing them i mean i loved writing mccall but bathsheba i think because her story it it's about forgiveness and reconciliation. They all are really, that that's my thread. It runs through everything I write. I, even if I don't plan it, and I don't plan it, it just comes out that way because it's—it's my heart is for forgiveness and reconciliation, both with God and with people. And I think in her story, that forgiveness angle because of what happened with David and losing her husband and then losing her child, And it wasn't her necessarily her fault that she could have perhaps like asked David, please don't. She didn't. So we can say she wasn't completely innocent, but God blamed David for the sin. And so she had to come to a point where she could forgive him too. And I think that had to be really hard, especially when the baby died. So I I think that I have her as a somewhat favorite but hannah was also a favorite because um i her tenacity to keep asking god for a child when year after year went by and that constant praying and praying and i have spent years of my life in constant prayer for the same thing that i wait on god and then i get frustrated because i'm still praying and it's Five years later, still the same prayer. (laughs) But I think she is a really big example to us of don't give up, don't lose hope, because she finally got to that point of desperate praying and that, I don't know what it is for each person, that desperation kind of prayer. But for her, whatever it was, it hit the, the heart of God and he said yes, and gave her Samuel. And that's not to say he always gives us what we want, but she just, she kind of had to come to the point where, and I've also experienced this too, is where her prayer was not just desperate, but surrendered because she promised to give Samuel back. So it was a a gift to be given the child, but she was also willing to say, he's yours, Lord, I, I won't, lay claim to keeping him i'll raise him and then i will give him back to you and that is extremely hard for us to imagine as parents in a normal you know at least in american culture you don't imagine giving up your child um but in her case it was a promise i think she felt needed to be made and why we don't know the bible doesn't tell us but um I think I have my suspicions and I wrote about them in her novel, but you know, it's just my imagination in that part.
0: I like that. I like that. Now, as <laughs> we begin to wind up the program here, uh, 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 is there an overall theme tying these uh, women
1: together? Uh, well, besides forgiveness and reconciliation, I would say that the theme would be something I am forever learning. and. I feel like I never learned, is to completely trust God with your circumstances. You can't know what the future is going to hold. We don't, it, our, our times are in his hands. We don't know if we have tomorrow. We need to wake up and be grateful for the grace for today. Uh, and we don't, Um, and the grace he gives to those we love or those in our neighborhood who still need to hear about Jesus. And he's extending that grace one more day for us to pray for those people or go and tell them about him. Um, And I just think that trust is a difficult thing to have right now in our country um, and around the world, not just because of COVID, but because like Jesus didn't entrust himself to anyone because he knew what was in them. He knew it was in men and women, and he, he, he knew they couldn't be trusted, but he can, and he wants us to trust Him. That's a big part of obedience, is not just belief, but trust and, and do what He says.
0: Amen, amen. Now, uh, what is it, and uh, these are the, uh, as we close the program today, I just want you to help us with this. Uh, what is it that uh, these women did so well that um, you've really looked at, and um, uh, what is it that they did wrong, and if you can tie in that, how can uh, women avoid making the same mistakes? Because you've talked about trust. So one of them is that these were women who trusted God. So can you just uh, speak to that a little bit?
1: I don't think they all trusted God. Um, I think some of them may have toward the end of their life. Some of them might not have. There's, I can think of two or three that I don't know. The Bible paints them as people that weren't the best necessarily characters um but um i think that what they did right um you'd have to take each woman you know at but just to, to pick one or two i would say what ruth did right if we want to just pull her from the the 12 is she decided to believe in a god she'd never met um, and I believe probably Naomi was the one who taught her about it because she was a Moabite. She, be- her people, believed in a god that offered child sacrifice and burned babies on an altar. And she, I hope, I would assume, thought that it was an abhorrent thing because she wanted to embrace the God of the Hebrews. So what she did right was to believe in him and she followed her mother-in-law and was faithful. And she did what her mother-in-law said, do this and do this and, you know, just to keep her safe. No one was expecting a kinsman redeemer, but she got uh, a husband and a a boy in the line of David as um, her, if you could call it reward uh, in that day, they looked at those kinds of things as rewards more. And we look at, eternity as a reward now but they didn't see it the same way but she was blessed with um a child that became um i believe the grandfather of uh king david so he's in the line of christ and rahab's in the line of christ and she was a prostitute so she did that was not so good that would be the wrong she did but the right she did was to also believe a god she'd not she'd not heard of no one in her culture believed him but she took a risk to believe that he was would be faithful and he was and so i think the the faith angle when they were doing they all had to be forgiven as we all do um and i think that sometimes they did the right thing and it didn't work out for them. like mccall tried to save david's life and help him escape but her father Saul you know, she was punished for it by him because Saul hated David. But in the end, we aren't really sure. In my novel, I have a happier ending than the Bible doesn't give us anything beyond she didn't have children. So we don't know, was her life um, one that believed God in the end or wasn't it? And I think that we need to, to focus on the fact that the only thing God asks of us is to believe in the one that he sent and to obey him. And some of these women did that and some of them didn't. And some of them started out not doing it and then did in the end. So we all have to come to that choice and make that decision. Are we going to believe in Christ, that he's that He's that go-between between God's holiness and our sin? advocate he's the one that lets god tabernacle with us fellowship with us and that's really the story of scripture and so they're all they all had to, to do that and i hope that um makes sense answers your question because that's what they did right and wrong either you believe or you don't
0: Amen. Amen. That is, uh, that is so powerful right there. Uh, uh, if you are joining us once again, we just come to the end of the program. I have a giveaway to give, and this is the latest book uh, from Jill. She walked uh, before us. Here's what I want you to do. If you email us the email is right there on the screen info at com. i want you to write to us and tell us one thing that impacted you from this book and also i want you jill quickly here to tell us where the viewers can get this book uh, uh your book uh
1: well it's available everywhere that sells books online um any you know retail uh, retailer, but if you go to my website, Jill, Jill Eileen smith.com you can find the books all listed and they all have links to any kind of bookstore you want to shop at.
0: You can see it right on the screen there, the website. Uh, go mm-hmm. to that website and uh, we want you to be impacted. Uh, women of courage, uh, women of grace, women of uh, strength, and men of grace, and men of courage, and men of uh, strength. Thank you so very much, Jill, for joining us. It's an honor and a privilege to have you on the program and definitely we will you. have you once again.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate being here.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith. Until then, shalom, shalom. God bless you. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at Kazumbacharles.com and share your testimony.